Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, helping higher education marketing leaders share knowledge about learning, strategies, and tactics that are relevant today. See what you can learn today by listening to one of our episodes. Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Higher Ed Demand Gen Podcast, hosted by Concept3D. My name is Shiro, and I will be your host today. And today, I'm very, very excited to cover the topic around the importance of the brand and value proposition, as well as improving the student experience in higher ed. And for that, uh, we have a really, really interesting guest today, and I'm really introduced, I'm really excited to introduce her today. Her name is Renee Morris. She is the Vice Chancellor for Marketing and Communications at the University of Denver, which we will also be saying DU quite often in this conversation. And so welcome to the podcast, Renee. Hero, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here today, and I'm excited about this topic. I really think that the heart of what we do in higher ed is about the experiences that our students have. Love to hear it. And I love to start this conversation out asking all our guests, what do you love about higher ed? (laughs) I love that question. I will say that for me, what I love about higher ed is that I really do believe it keeps you young. When you're able to walk on campus and see young people, knowing that the difference that you're making whenever I make a decision about information that's going to go to them, a campaign that is going to target students, how it's going to change their lives, um, bumping into students rather than going into a you know an elevator and a corporate tower um, that beats uh, any any experience I think that you can have, and um, I love the fact that um, you know I've been in higher ed for about twelve years and I've gotten younger every year. <laughs> I love that answer. I it's interesting because right before we started this recording we just talked about how different this answer can be for each person. Right. And this is a new one. I've never heard this one, but (laughs) no, I, I, it totally makes sense here with people who are in, you know, young, they have a lot of ideas and they're inspirational. And so love, love, love that answer. I know I said love a hundred times, so I'll try and (laughs) refrain from it from here on out. Well, great. Well, let's jump in. I know in our previous conversation, we talked a lot about a lot of things, right. Um, But one thing that really resonated with me in, my understanding of what you're doing is you're really trying to uh, drive the importance of brand and that value proposition at DU. Can you go into a little more detail about what that means? Yeah. So I guess I'll start by just telling you what I feel about brand and value proposition itself. Just when we think about what that means, you know, when you think about a brand, it's something that's intangible, you can't really put your hand on it, but you know it's there. It's foundational. It It's something that is pervasive and persistent within the organization. And I really do believe that, you know, in addition to it being something that helps you identify and feel some affinity towards, it's about choice. And then that gets into the value proposition because the value proposition answers that question, why? Why do I make this choice? What's the benefit? What's in it for me? Why should I choose your organization over someone else's? And that is the question that we're really trying to answer every day at the University of Denver when we think about the experience 
not only that we present, but that we actually deliver on when students come to campus. Amazing. And, and when you talk about what University of Denver stands for, what are some of those key pillars? Yeah, so one of the things that actually drew me to the University of Denver and what I have found to be sort of part of its DNA, if you will, is this notion that we're not just providing an environment for learning for the sake of learning. We're not just having you know, students come so that they can have a career. Really, it's about having a life of purpose. Um, it's about how you serve the greater good. And what was exciting to me about DU when I came is when I looked at the vision statement and the vision is for the university to be one that is committed to the public good. And I think it says a lot about the individuals that come to the university and a lot about why they stay. Love to hear it. And I know in our previous conversation, you mentioned that, you know, this brand and value proposition was kind of a newer concept for the University of Denver. And, you know, for those who don't know, I'm also located here in Colorado near Denver. And so I know DU's brand very well. I know it's, you know, it's a lot of, has a lot of impact. I have a lot of friends and colleagues who have went there and done their mm -hmm. graduate studies there as well. So I know that it's it's working, right? And so it's good to hear that. And you know, how have you heard the story about them shifting into this uh, more brand narrative over the last few years? And how, what's the impact been like uh, for you? Yeah, so um, I joined DU about four years ago, and one of the things that we discovered or I discovered when I came here is first of all, about 70% of our undergraduate students come from outside of Colorado, which is pretty unique. I think when you think about institutions as a whole, mm -hmm. um, you know, I worked at institutions where, you know, you would, you would work within the state and maybe contiguous States, um, but not necessarily having to look at the entire country, you know, as your target, mm -hmm. if you will. And so one of the things that was really important for me when I started thinking about the strategy for DU's brand and how we would focus and where we would find the, the um, things that would resonate um, with those individuals that we're trying to attract is really looking at the history of the organization, what it actually stands for, where it actually sits within the country. You know, we have this wonderful backdrop with the Rocky Mountains that we're able to see every day. And I think we sort of take it for granted, but I realize DU was a Denver as a destination. You know, people want to come from other places to to visit Denver. And so really looking at that as as one of the draws and one of the pieces that really make a difference um, for DU, it was it was the place. It's who we are and where we sit um, within the country. That's amazing. And I think this kind of goes into our next topic very nicely here is so you're able to make this observation observation that Denver is a destination and it's this connecting point between some of the east and the west and you know 
the numbers show that, right? It's 70% of students are coming from out of state. Mm -hmm. How do you take all these learnings um, and provide strategic direction to your team, right? Which is at the executive and the director level uh, and communicate so that it's supported throughout the rest of the university? Yeah, so one of the things that um, I didn't mention when you asked me the question, what I like about higher ed, but another thing that I like about higher ed is that the way that we do things are much more consensus-based than any other organization I've worked in. And so one of the ways that we really work hard when we're working on the strategy and we're looking to see how it will resonate with our various audiences, we really look at all of the angles within the organization. So what's the point of view from a faculty member that wants to attract a student, you know, to their program or, or to their class? What is the standpoint uh, from student affairs who wants to focus not only on the academics, but on that extra, you know, curricular activities and that, that student experience outside of the classroom? Those are the things that really help bring the strategy along and make it much more robust so that we're not just looking at one aspect when we're trying to um, hone in on what's the best way to approach it, but from all angles. And that has really served us well. I know that a lot of times, you know, people may say, well, things move a little bit slower in higher ed or, you know, decisions are made very, very differently than they are in other places. But I think that there's some things to learn um, from higher ed in the way that they do things that um, other industries could actually, um, benefit from. Mm. I like this. I like this take because usually people don't, uh, object with it. Right. They say like, well, that's just a negative of the higher ed industry mm -hmm. as a whole, but you're looking at it as a positive in that something's actually moved too fast and it doesn't allow for the time to analyze or make more decisions with crit critical analysis and with more thinking. And the saying, other right? part of it too is when you uh, make a decision and you really want it to be true and authentic, you also want to have people that have buy-in and have skin in the game. You want them to be a part of it. Hmm. I don't want to be at a place where I'm being talked to or down to, or talked at. I want there to be an opportunity for dialogue. I want to show up. I want to share my voice. I want to be heard. And you get that in higher ed in, in ways that you don't get that in other organizations. Gotcha. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And I think one, based on our last conversation, one of the really cool things that I didn't actually know about with University of Denver uh, is your focus on improving the student experience, right? And tying that back to the brand values and that creating that 40 experience. Mm -hmm. And I know you're as a school and institution, you're really investing more in uh, the student experience along the lines of health wellness, but this one really caught out to me, which is the addition of the mountain campus, which I didn't know about. And I, I did a little more research after our call, but can you tell us a little bit more about what the, this mountain experience and mountain campus is? Yeah. Um, I'm really, really excited about this because I see it as an opportunity for us to really affect students in all aspects, not just from 
an intellectual growth, but really promoting well-being, uh, exploring character. These are sort of the tenets of the 4D experience, which really is a holistic view of the student's journey throughout their time at DU. And it, two years ago, um, we purchased, with the help of a uh, very generous alum, um, a, a mountain campus um, that's just outside um, of um, our campus. It's uh, about two hours away, so it's easy to get to. Um, and it's amazing because it's we were very deliberate in the type of experience that we wanted to promote and for students to value. So it is not a ski resort. It is not um, a retreat in the sense that, you know, you're going to feel as if you're going on a, you know, expensive vacation. It is in the wilderness. It's it's butt up against the Roosevelt National Forest. Um, it's It's out there. And it's amazing because one of the things that we want to be able to do and we started this last year, is that every incoming student would have an experience at the mountain campus um, over a long weekend, um, spending two days up there, um, two nights and three days, and we call it the first ascent experience. And it's really um, amazing. You, you think about it from the standpoint of students that some who've never had the experience of being outdoors and, and climbing a rock or being on a high ropes course or just having quiet time to think and meditate, um, get on the lake. Uh, it's amazing. Um, I've been to the campus a few times and the thing that strikes me the most about it is mm -hmm. you can hear the leaves rustling through the trees. It's quiet. <laughs> I love that. And, and, you know, let's, from a business perspective, taking it one step, taking it one step mm -hmm. back is what does this mean for the university of Denver having something like this for that first year experience and beyond? I understand that students have an opportunity to return after the mm -hmm. first year as well, but yeah, what does it really I mean, you know, at the business level for, for university of Denver? Yeah, so one of the things that, you know, all institutions of higher ed want to be able to do is to provide their students with the opportunity for them to develop and grow and, and get to be who they are going to be, you know, learn mm -hmm. about themselves and really start that journey. And I think that the Mountain Campus offers the, like an amazing opportunity for that first step for students to just start exploring themselves, seeing what they can do, um, learning things about themselves that they didn't know before. I think it sort of um, jumpstarts and even accelerates that process um, that students will go through throughout their entire career at DU. That's fantastic. And are there also opportunities for thinking more from the fr uh, first year uh, student perspective? Is there an opportunity for them to mingle with other students in their class, you know, meet and connect with other folks to build community and belonging as well. Yeah. And, you know, um, high school and college are very, very different. 
And that first year is so, so critical, I think, for students to start to feel immediately that they are welcome and that they can find a place where they belong. And what the Kennedy Mountain Campus experience does is it enables students that may not have that natural tendency to reach out to someone, to be in an environment where they are working and living and playing alongside someone that they might not necessarily had had the opportunity to do if they were Mm -hmm. just headed to class, you know? Um, So we've seen that happen as well, whether it's around the campfire or it is on a hike or just some other experience. Um, And most of the time, students that make really good connections that first year, these are things that last throughout not only their entire career, but throughout their entire lives. You know, you can probably think yourself about um, people that you've met that had an impact on your life when you were in college that you still have contact with today. And I think that's what, what college is all about as well. Love that. And, you know, kind of bouncing off of what you just said, do you think that, you know, as institutions might be rethinking their first year experience and the programs and the experiences they're offering for students that in turn helps maybe with enrollment or retention as well? Yeah, you know, back to the whole idea of the first year being so critical, you know, because there are so many changes and that first year retention is important. So I think that a lot of institutions put a lot of value on that first year experience and not just, you know, in the classroom or with the professors, but outside the classroom as well, because students really want to be in a place where they're feeling like they're valued and they're heard and that they belong. And I think that the first year experience I believe first impressions are lasting impressions. And that first year experience is that first impression that students will have that will last them, you know, for the rest of their time at that institution. Definitely. I completely agree. And yeah, I, I I echo similar feelings and thoughts about my experience at a university too. That, that first year in the first month, quite frankly, (laughs) made a huge impact on whether I, I liked or did not like, brand Mm -hmm. and the school as well yeah that's right it's awesome and you know we're kind of on the topic around first year orientation and uh, i know that at university of denver your commencement day is this coming weekend so it's a little later but you know what's what's next for someone in your role right like i usually talk to maybe director level or manager level and so i'm i'm curious to learn more and maybe provide some uh insight for the audience as well like What's next on the agenda after commencement day up until uh, move-in day? Like, what's what's your summer like, right? Oh, uh, so <laughs> here's, here's a funny thing. When I moved into higher ed, someone told me that, hey, you know, things slow down in the summer. Well, perhaps at some places it does for some people, not Mm -hmm. for administrators and definitely not for marketers, because what we're doing this summer is we're preparing for the recruitment of the next class. So I'm already have my sights on 2024, Shiro, before I even get through, you know, commencement with the 
current class. So what we'll be doing is partnering uh, real closely with our enrollment management teams to mm-hmm. devise the, the strategies and put together the materials that we'll use um, and the campaigns that will um, impact next year's enrollment. It is a cycle that continues. Um, and so we don't really have downtime uh, in the summer. Um, it's it's a very busy time for us. Definitely. And when you say partnering with enrollment marketing, mm-hmm. no, what are, what are some of the ways you start the conversations? Do you identify, as an example, do you identify certain demographics you want to go after? Or do you reflect back on campaigns from the previous year to see what worked? And where you can expand, like, how do you go about that pro- process with someone in, in your seniority? Yeah, so it, it's actually both. Um, mm-hmm. We actually look at uh, what we accomplished in the previous year. We mm-hmm. see if there are any gaps. Are there anything that we want to do that we didn't accomplish uh, this time? And how can we... Um, make things better? You know, what can we do that will actually get us better results? For example, one of the things that um, we did is we actually expanded the number of markets that we we're going to be going into um, okay. with our campaign. And so it'll be really interesting for us to to look at in the next month or so, um, how did how did the campaign resonate in these three new markets? Mm. And so that will help us with the strategy moving forward. And then we also look at, you know, we've had two years with um, the same markets. You know, where are things really starting to resonate and where can we start to um, double down or, you know, have um, even, you know, better strategy for those that are doing really well. So we do all of that when we start to look at developing the strategy for the next year because it helps to inform what needs to mm-hmm. change uh, moving forward or leave yeah. the same, you know? <laughs> right, right. But lots of planning this summer, I understand it. And yes, at, at University of Denver, I understand the student bodies actually, unlike a lot of other universities where it's close to 50% graduate students, right? In my cr- Actually, a it's a little bit more than 50% grad students. Yeah. Gotcha. And I think that that is extremely unique because, you know, we're not a grad school or an undergrad school. We're both. We're and not, so what that um, the the opportunity there is for us to not just focus on one or the other. We have to focus on both with regards right. to how we're marketing the university. And so we also spend... Um, a lot of time working with our head of research because a lot of the students that come for grad programs, they're looking for opportunities for research. They're looking for professors in a particular discipline. So one of the things that we try to do there is to highlight the opportunities that students do have for research. Even at the undergraduate level, you'd be surprised, you know, how many students really um, enjoy and want and are looking for that kind of experience. Love to hear it. And how do you, like, I, you're more responsible for the undergrad team, right? I, I can't, I can't, I don't so, recall. So usually what happens in universities, um, mm-hmm. the undergraduate uh, 
recruitment is much more centralized, right? Because right. you're only working with one department and you're okay. trying to shape that class. For graduate enrollment, because it is done at the school, the college, you know, the academic level, Correct. it's not always as centralized. And so while mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that um, I'm responsible more for grad, undergrad than grad, I will say that it's a different approach in working with the grad um, team than right. teams than it is in the undergraduate um, focus. And, and I understand some of your responsibilities do include social media. And so do you have some parts of, you know, your social media strategies that's actually meant for the audience, which is to, to get more graduate students as well, or is that separated as well? Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, you know, we work with our um, head of research and one of the things that we do as well is we have uh, a couple of campaigns, one that's focused on student research and that's a social media campaign. Another campaign that we have that does have a social media component to it is really focusing in on our academic peers. So we're reaching out to other presidents and chancellors, other vice, um, other provosts and other heads of admission. So we have um, campaigns on a number of fronts that we're really trying to move, move the needle, raise the reputation. And we're, it's always a multi-channel approach. So it's not just one thing. Um, mm-hmm. It is um, direct mail. It is reaching out um with newsletters, it is social media, it's paid, you know, digital campaign. Um, there's a lot of tools in the toolbox now that you can use to, to reach audiences, which is exciting to me. Love that. And I'll, I'll end with this last question around this hot take you took last time, which I love, <laughs> which is around the fact that digital marketing or digital media is much easier. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you meant there? <laughs> yeah, so I'm so glad that you allowed me to do that because if you had just quoted me there, I'd have, you know, my my um, counterparts uh, calling me saying, what are you talking about? Um, but the reason why I use the word easy is because what I really do believe is, you know, in the 21st century, we have the ability to target in ways that we just tried to do that, you know, 20 years ago. We were just taking a stab in the dark and hoping that our messages would resonate. We weren't able to really do the kind of targeted marketing approaches that we can do now with digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Now, is it is it easy? Not in that sense of the word, it's not easy because you really do have to identify who you're trying to meet. You've got to hone in on what that content is that they need to have. You've got to work on the look and the feel and to make sure it's going to resonate with them aesthetically as well. But the thing about it is you have the ability to pivot quickly. You can change things up. You can test quicker and get more information sooner than we've ever been able to do. So I think that for someone who's been in this business for a really long time, it's not easier, 
but it is a little bit more informed. It is a little bit uh, more able to give us insights that we've never had before. And I love that. <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned this before, but it doesn't mean just because it's easier doesn't mean it's going to be better. You have to do those things that you just pointed mm-hmm. out in order to make it better. But the ability to pivot fast, understand audience, target audiences, uh, analyze quicker, all these things are done. Mm-hmm. You can move much faster. So yeah, I think one thing is you just have to be on top of it, right? And then you can utilize and take advantage of what's more accessible in the 21st century. That's exactly right. Than maybe 20 years ago <laughs> where yeah. you're maybe running bullet, uh, like billboard ads where you, it's, you don't know the return on investment very quickly. Right? No, no. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Well, Renee, thank you so much for all your insight. I was wondering where our audience could connect with you to learn more about what you're up to. Maybe what do you use up to as well? Yeah. So um, thanks for that question. And uh, I am on LinkedIn and um, I love to connect with people. And uh, the other thing that I do is I write a blog for the University of Denver And so um, you can reach out uh, to me via that blog just to kind of see what DU is up to as well. And then uh, let's connect on LinkedIn. Sounds great. You heard it. That's Renee Morris. And thanks so much for our audience for tuning in today. We have another great episode lined up for you next week as well. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Renee, for joining. Thanks for having me.